Now I've started recording the podcast. <laughs> okay, what time is it? 9.37. Okay. At 9.57, I have to get my Coke out of the freezer, okay? <laughs> this is very important. That's Coca-Cola. <laughs> We're just going to cut this whole segment. <laughs> you heard nothing. Heard nothing. Coca-Cola. Red can. White letters. Our mission. To explore new ideas. To seek out new thoughts and new opinions. To boldly opine where no millennials have opined before. This is the Next Next Generation Podcast. Make it so. Welcome back to the Next Next Generation Podcast. This is Season 1, Episode 9, The Battle. Spoilers. I'm Catherine. And I'm Charles. <laughs> and it's time for another hot take. Oh my. Uh, oh my. I was going to say we love hot takes, but it may just be me. No, I, I think we can do hot takes effectively on this show. Well, I'm ready. You're ready. I'm ready to talk Let's do about it. this really great episode. Fantastic episode. Maybe the second best one or even the best one of the season so far. We will find out. Yes. Time will tell. Mm-hmm. 20 minutes. 19 minutes until I get my Coke out of the freezer. Sorry. Wow. <laughs> the episode opens. They're rendezvousing with the Ferengi. They are. Per the Ferengi's request. Most intriguing. Yes. Great setup for the episode. I like that the opening shot is normally just the Enterprise, but here we saw both vessels oh, immediately yeah. in center frame. There it is. The Ferengi. Yeah, they're definitely there. The <laughs> they're not just telling us. Quite ominous. It's a great tone. What's going on? I loved how visual that was. Mm-hmm. They didn't tell us, here's the Ferengi, right away. They got to that in a second. Visually, it was immediately apparent that something was different about this episode. There was a mystery, and it visually showed it right from the get-go. Yeah, so this is another one of those kind of a hybrid between the on-the-ship mysteries mm-hmm. and the planet exploration. Yeah. Because it's mostly on the Enterprise, but they are dealing with an alien race in the Ferengi. But they're an alien race we've seen before. It's not just a one-off anymore. Great development of the Ferengi in this episode. Yeah. And And they are developed. They are different. And we get to see a little bit more of their culture Mm -hmm. and how they interact and their values and their system of governing the ships. Yeah. I like the way that in this episode they reaffirm that the Ferengi really are going after profit. Mm-hmm. They are scoundrels, smugglers, they're scroungers. As we've established before on this podcast, in the end of the episode, the daemon even gets replaced because there was not enough profit in this adventure. Although it kind of gave the feel that that was just their code for this is not cool. Not cool, man. That was the official reason. Not cool. He was replaced. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But it was like his first officer wasn't comfortable mm. on some moral level that maybe he didn't have the language to express. Profits work, so yeah, go no, with that. no. But it was good. It, it had some dimension. Yes. Um. But back to the beginning. Mm-hmm. So they established their rendezvousing with this Ferengi vessel, but the Ferengi vessel is keeping them waiting. It is. And then we find out, dum dum dun 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 picard has a headache he does which apparently they don't have in the future which is kind of annoying to think about yeah they also don't have the common cold they kind of titter and roll their eyes they do he's like i have a headache and beverly's like yes yes but i haven't seen headaches very often so you know what's that about yeah 
this is something seriously wrong with you. Anyway. She was most concerned through the episode about his well-being. Mm-hmm. Showed a lot of careful consideration. It was nice to see more of her character being developed here. Oh, yeah. Well, we can talk about that we'll more. We'll get into that. Yeah, no, she was great in this episode. Mm-hmm. I'm starting to wonder what episode it was that made me dislike her. Because <laughs> so far, she's been fine. I remember her disagreeing a lot with Picard. Maybe that's where... In kind of the officers' meetings, mm. where I don't even know if she's really part of that anyway, mm-hmm. as the doctor. Yeah. She's not really running the ship. Mm-mm. I don't know. Maybe that's what it is. So we haven't actually seen that yet. Yeah, so far, she's been concerned in the right ways, mm-hmm. really looking after his well-being. So far, I've liked her just fine. Yeah. We'll see. Definitely. What happens and what changes in the future, and we'll contrast that to now. So Picard has this headache, and he's really uncomfortable with not knowing what's going on with the Ferengi vessel. Mm-hmm. He hates not being aware of what's going on and in charge of the situation. It's really bothering him, which mm-hmm. is understandable. Yeah, he likes to know all the facts. Yeah, he doesn't in this case. Right. Definitely. We don't either, as the viewer. Which is great. Another it's, mystery. It's nice to be kind of in the unknown and following along on this adventure as it unfolds. It was refreshing to not have anything telegraphed ahead of time. Yeah. The Ferengi are making them wait. They plan this rendezvous, and then they finally get in touch with them. The captain is Damon Bach. All he basically says is that he either wants to meet on the Enterprise or on his vessel. Yes. They pick the Enterprise as the meeting point for their own safety. Shocker. Because Troy detects that they're being deceitful, that Bach is deceitful. She does detect that. Yes. Which is a nice moment for Troy, giving advice before something happens. Yes. Instead of being like, oh yeah, I totally felt that. (laughs) And now it's too late. (laughs) Like sometimes she is. She's reacting in the moment, which is what she should be doing. So then they cut to Picard in the sick bay with his headache. And she's doing all the scans. And he's acting annoyed that she's worried about his headache now, which is so funny. Because he requested her, and now he's like, why are you bothering me? I have things to do. I got a little it's bit funny. of that vibe from it was, him. It was humorous, though. So while they're waiting for the Ferengi, mm-hmm. who are coming in one Earth hour, Wesley Boy Genius shows up again. He does. On the bridge. As he's wont to do. To announce that he has picked up something. Because he boosted the long-range sensors, which makes Data sit up and go, how did you do that? Yeah. And then be like, oh, yeah, never mind. This is not the time. But seriously, if Data is shocked, he, Data can't even feel emotion. And he's shocked. Wow. That seems really unlikely. It's just another Wesley ex machina, Wesley boy genius moment. It was. Data's yeah. reaction was quite surprised that Wesley was able to do that. It was a very human moment for Data, I think. Which is nice, mm-hmm. but it just highlights how improbable it would be that Wesley could actually do this. Very uncanny. It, it kind of implied that there's no actual way to boost the sensors. It's not just that it's hard or something, like there's no capacity for that, you know? Yeah, another moment where they've really been using Wesley to propel plot points along by mm-hmm. happenstance. But what he detects is real. So perhaps it was real <laughs> what he did to the sensors. Well, in this situation of the story, it is real. He has developed some sort of new technique for reaching a farther range, apparently. Which, again, he makes a lot of technological advancements for the sake of the plotline progression. By accident, pretty much. Because there's no way he knows that much. Consistently. And that is definitely a flaw and weak point of the writing in this show. I don't see a real reason to have him do that. 
they could have easily just said, oh, long-range sensors detecting this now, Captain, and then done the exact same thing. Yeah, there was no reason to have Wesley walk in. And do something special. I guess they're just trying to give him more of a part and keep developing his character. Yeah. But there are better ways to do that. Mm-hmm. He could had a nice short little scene where he points it out or makes a suggestion which leads them to being able to boost the signal. Mm-hmm. But just to have him walk on and be, I did this, look yeah. at me, a poor choice in the writing department. Well, that is his only scene in this episode, right? No, he has a later scene where he talks to Troy and his mother. Another greater ex machina moment where he discovers the solution to the problem. Oh, right. How could I forget that? With Picard. <laughs> I blocked it out, I think. You must have. <laughs> <laughs> where he discovers they're using a low-frequency transmission Yes. to mess with Picard's thoughts using yes. those mystical orb thingies. So he saves the day twice. In this case, he does. I would have been actually more fine with the second one, even though that's even more important to the plot. If he's really just kind of sneaking into engineering and looking at stuff, he could have seen something like that that the engineers don't normally have time to look at Mm -hmm. and just noticed it was similar. I agree. I actually am more okay with that than him mysteriously boosting the sensors, even though no one else can. So we're saying him noticing things because he has a keen mind for analyzing patterns of data. And the time to look for something like that. And the time to look at the minutia yeah. is okay. What yes. we're less okay with, I think, you and I, is when he's making technological advancements seemingly out of a hat. Yeah, it's really annoying. I agree. I side with the adults, and mm-hmm. I would be annoyed if he were going around doing that stuff. Shut up, Wesley. It's so ridiculous. Yeah, they haven't started the shut up, Wesley, yet, but huh. I can see why they start. I'm waiting for it. <laughs> I want to tell him to shut up. They have this approaching Constellation-class starship. Ooh. What? We don't know what's up yet. No, we don't. Then Picard calls his headache a mild headache. I guess they've all forgotten what headaches are like, because it is definitely not a mild headache. He keeps clutching his head. It's like a severe migraine. Yeah, it's a migraine. He needs some Excedrin migraine, and he needs to go in his room and sleep. Yes. That's where he is, but of course they don't know that because they don't know anything about headaches anymore. Even Beverly is not that familiar with headaches. It's but, crazy. But she does have that little gizmo that turns off all the pain in your brain. I think that's their version of Excedrin migraine. It <laughs> must be. Yeah. Those magic pills cure yeah. everything quickly. <laughs> it's a magic button <laughs> instead of magic pills. Boop. Pain gone. Talks to the Ferengi on the Enterprise. He does. They call him the hero of Maxia. They do. And turns out Picard destroyed a Ferengi vessel, which was important to his life, but was not something he thought of as a battle. It was just one ship on one ship. I was surprised that Picard was a helmsman. I didn't expect that to be his position on a ship. They call him the helmsman, but then it's clear in the future flashbacks that he's the captain. A little bit of a conflict? Maybe on a smaller vessel, that's the same role. Because I did write down helmsman. Mm -hmm. But then, like, yeah, as the episode progressed, he's obviously the captain. I wonder if that's a confluence of the two different thought patterns merging into one. Could be. Either way, it is clear that Riker even repeats the line, I did what any helmsman could do. And so it seems that he was in control of the ship's actual movement. So these Ferengi do seem smarter than the last batch. Definitely smarter. I know I complained about how could they have maybe not developed this technology that they use, but how do they even run it when they're so stupid? 
These guys clearly aren't stupid. Not at all. They're just a little short-sighted. Short-sighted and extremely conniving and deceptive. Higher thinking, for sure. And mm-hmm. I think we've established also that we thought that some of their technology could be from them stealing from other civilizations as well. Oh, yeah, but again, it comes back to the last group. I didn't even buy that they could run it mm. and repair it. Okay. These Ferengi, yeah, for sure. They're fine. They can do it. Despite the first and second officers being surprised at him offering the old starship for free without profit, Mm -hmm. they did seem of a higher level of intelligence overall. But that was just their being aware that he wasn't acting normal and that there was something going on with him that wasn't good, which is fine, even though it doesn't necessarily line up with our understanding understanding and values. So Picard, his headache hits while the Ferengi are there. Mm-hmm. And I made a note that Riker just calls out for sick bay, which probably isn't good. It weakens Picard's position. That was an error in judgment on Riker's part. Yeah. He's just worried about him, but he's not collapsing. They don't know enough about the Ferengi yet to know if that's safe or not. Well, we've seen that Riker is impulsive, and I think that's another example of him being a little reckless at times. Yeah. Again, he's not ready to be captain. No, he's the first officer. Although he does fine later on when he's in charge for a while. He does. So it turns out the Constellation class vessel is the Stargazer, which is Picard's ship. Mm-hmm. We're getting more and more. That was the ship he was on during the Battle of Maxia. There's something going on with his past and how it's mixed up with the Ferengi, but we don't know exactly what it is yet. Then he starts flashing back to the battle. He does. Calling people names from that crew. He does. He seems to be in two places at once almost. Yeah, he's going back and forth. He's stuck between the current present and the past in a very Charles Dickens sort of way. How so? A Christmas Carol. You know, he goes back and oh, his past. Oh, Christmas Carol. Yeah. I didn't even think He's of that. stuck between his current, how he is now, and his past self. Oh, okay. And... So he's being visited by the ghost of battle's past. Exactly. I see. Sure. And then we find out about the Picard Maneuver. Ooh. Super epic. Very. The crew fanboys a little bit over the Picard maneuver. Riker's face of just sheer awe at the brilliance of Picard to go to warp nine and then Mm. halt meters off the bow of the enemy vessel and blow it to smithereens. Yes. So the ship was in two places at once. Yeah. And the Ferengi fired on the wrong one. They did. The one that wasn't really there. It's interesting because it was such a cool maneuver. Mm-hmm. But some of it was down to chance if they had picked a fire on the correct one. Yes. That wouldn't have worked. So, But they were desperate. As you see in multiple flashbacks, their ship's on fire. They can't take another pass. Shields are low. He just does a desperate maneuver. Very. Something you wouldn't do if your ship was doing better. And because he's Picard and he's brilliant, it works out. Yep. So all the younger <laughs> crew members on the Enterprise have learned about this in school. Mm-hmm. It makes you wonder if that's part of the reason they signed up for this mission. Possibly. Yeah. Riker, for sure. Mm-hmm. We realize that the Ferengi have that thing. Yes. The orb. The orb of mind con- control. Controlling Picard. It's on the Stargazer, and then they bring it back. Yes. I liked how the first mate of Bach is disgusted by it. While he is trying to cover his tracks by insinuating that it's Picard who actually owns it, you can tell that he really thinks that it's repulsive and beneath the honor system at whatever it is that they have to be using such a device. I thought that was a really nice moment. Once Riker's in charge, mm-hmm. he contacts the first mate 
He does. The first officer, Kazaga, of the Frankie vessel to be like, hey, we know you falsified these records. Everything's not right. And Kazaga seems to brush him off mm-hmm. twice. I think he brushes him off twice. Once or twice, yeah. Yeah, but then in the end, you find out Kazaga specifically contacts Riker to tell him that was bad and I removed him from command. Which I thought was a great moment for Kazaga. Yeah, and a great development for the Ferengi that they're capable of doing something like that. Taking initiative, showing awareness of the situation. Mm -hmm. They may be greedy, but they're not willing to just stand by when people go on revenge sprees. Yeah. That's not cool. No. So that's a lot of development. It really was nice to see an alien race come back a second time and get more development. I've always liked the Ferengi as a civilization. I always thought they were interesting characters. During Riker and Kazaga's conversation, Mm -hmm. Kazaga says, as you humans say, I'm all ears. <laughs> Which was so funny. Because they're Frankie have those enormous ears. Dumbo ears, yeah. So funny. Hilarious. Really good joke embedded in this pretty serious episode that doesn't have a lot of levity. No. All drama, all action, moving forward plot. I really laughed out loud at that moment. That was quite funny. Picard doesn't know what's real anymore and he's having nightmares. And then he's basically taken over by the orb and, you know. That was kind of my weak point of the episode. Oh, really? We really just saw this happen mm-hmm. in the episode where they pick up that energy being when they oh, go yeah. through that cloud and it takes over Picard and he beams off somewhere he shouldn't be. I mean, this is like very similar. Picard going a little bit AWOL. Yeah. Doing his own thing, being controlled by an outside influence. He seems susceptible to that. They may have just done that from a writing perspective because um, Patrick Stewart, you know, has the acting to pull this off and we still don't lose respect for him. <laughs> yeah. We still think he's great. Mm-hmm. But it's pretty close together to do something so similar. The writing has been a little inconsistent this first season. I know that they are switching different writers. Yeah. We are getting a lot of very similar episodes. Star Trek as a whole is fairly repetitive. Yeah, and that's fine. This is a problem I see a lot with science fiction, I Mm -hmm. think, in general, is that the ideas are really good. Mm -hmm. Like the initial idea of this episode. What's going on? What's going to happen? We've seen that multiple times, even just this far Mm -hmm. in the season. And then it just kind of peters out and it ends up being similar to what we've already seen. That was a pro from the last episode is that it actually started out weaker and ended up better. (laughs) Sure. But normally, yeah, they come up with this intriguing idea and they can't quite follow it through to Mm. be just as interesting Yeah. throughout. I can see what you're saying with Uh that. I liked this version of Picard being influenced better because we saw more of it on screen. It was a clear antagonist versus protagonist moment Mm -hmm. with the Ferengi versus the Federation. Mm -hmm. Unlike in the previous episode where it was just this sort of mystical being that we couldn't relate to, never spoke for itself really except for a few small moments, but Mm -hmm. it was very much in Picard's voice. I really thought that from a writing standpoint, this was much stronger So if I was going to discount something, I would look down more on the former episode, and I like this one a lot more. That's fair. I mean, this episode drew on Picard's own experience. Yes. And that made it better. Much more compelling, I thought. Yeah. No, it was interesting to see him flashing back and seeing the kind of ghost figures from his past. Mm Mm-hmm. I think it would have been even better if we hadn't already seen something like it. Interesting. I guess in my mind, this replaces the former. Oh, okay. That's fair. 
it was cool to get to see Picard try to execute the Picard maneuver mm-hmm. right at the end there. A little scary. Very. And Data realizes that they can use the advanced power of the Enterprise to use their tractor beam and stop him from executing it. The only reason why they were able to do that, though, is because they knew what the maneuver was mm-hmm. and were prepared for it. They were able to react to it. Yeah. But that was because he was stuck in his past. Yes. So they already knew exactly what he would want to do. Mm-hmm. So that worked out. And that leads to our data of the day, I think. Riker says, I hope you're right, Data. No question of it, sir. Nice to see some good confidence from Data. Data didn't miss a beat with that either. Well, he doesn't have a compunction towards modesty because he can be just as objective about himself as he is about everything else. Sure. So why be modest? He knows he's right. He is. Ah, Data. I love him so much. Me too. Overall, this episode, it's more of a fun episode. Yeah. It doesn't really get into any of the deeper philosophical themes of Star Trek, I think. There's a little bit less to talk about, even though it was really fun to watch. Mm-hmm. I thought that overall it was a strong episode for yeah. what it was. For plot, though. It was plot-based, not not so much character or theme-based. I liked that a lot. I thought it was well-constructed. Mm-hmm. The pacing was good throughout. Mm-hmm. We got to see some great development of Beverly, showing great concern for Picard. We got to see a good Wesley moment where he discovers the low frequency thing that was plausible and feasible yes which is the first i think for wesley up to this point we haven't seen very many scenes where he's in that things have been plausible yeah him noticing something is similar rather than magically fixing or improving something is good it's an improvement i like that i like getting to see more picard getting Mm -hmm. to understand further why the crew has such an awe for him of course, he has his obvious bravado and his command and his poise. And grumpiness. That <laughs> and grumpiness. <laughs> and his future love of tea. Oh, it's there. We just don't know about it. Not yet. So overall, I thought this was a very strong, fun Star Trek episode. And I hope to see many more like it. I'm going to give it 8 out of 10 neural blockers. I really liked this episode. I can't really fault it on any of the plotting. Mm -hmm. Our story structure. To me, it was missing a little something on a deeper level. Okay. You know, and that's highlighted by in our discussion, there wasn't really anything to dig into. Mm -hmm. We just kind of went from thing to thing. It was just a plot episode. Yeah. The only really deep thing that came out of it was just some more Ferengi development, which I did appreciate. So I would give it seven out of 10 derelict vessels. This has been season one, episode nine, The Battle. Spoiler? Thank you so much for listening. This is the Next Next Generation Podcast. Follow us on Twitter. Add us at the Next Next Gen.